I think it really cuts to the roots of what we are socialized to think of as justice. You know, in past episodes where we've talked about transformational justice and restorative justice and things like that, that, again, we grew up in a culture where justice equals payment. Hurting someone. It equals, equals hurting, hurting someone. Yeah. Equals yeah. somebody else being punished, you know? And when we think of justice more as, how do I make this complete again? How do I help make this heal again, it's a little bit different. And it doesn't mean that there's no consequences, but I think it does shift that emphasis a little bit better, or a little bit in a different direction. Welcome to the Multi-Amory Podcast. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. We believe in looking to the future of relationships, not maintaining the status quo of the past. So whether you're monogamous, polyamorous, swinging, casually dating, or if you just do relationships differently, we see you and we're here for you. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about forgiveness and what the heck it's really all about. Forgiveness is praised and encouraged by some and is seen as damaging and invalidating by others. So today, we're going to be taking a look at some of the studies about forgiveness, looking at its benefits, as well as some of the potential pitfalls. We're also going to dive into the topic of self-forgiveness, which may be a secret key to self-improvement and better relationships. I feel like that's like how you open a lot of things. Like this is the secret <laughs> layer where You'll relationships never thrive. Number seven. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I love it. That's good. Self-forgiveness. 56 ways that self-forgiveness can help your relationships. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. We're a cosmic quiz now. Gosh. <laughs> so as the two of you know from previous episodes, and probably our listeners know, whenever the topic of forgiveness comes up, I struggle with it. I struggle with what it means, and I've had suspicions that it's maybe over-glorified or not all it's cracked up to be. And that's exactly why I wanted to do this episode, to try to understand what's this really all about, maybe find out if there's a difference between what bothers me when people talk about forgiveness versus what forgiveness actually is or when I hear about studies that say it's good for your health being like is it really though like what about it is what's going on here so that's kind of why I wanted to to do this to actually confront this thing I've kind of struggled with and not always felt great about yes so let's talk about our respective relationships to forgiveness before diving into this topic in earnest. Yeah, I'm curious what feelings you had about it before, you know, preparing for this episode and, and reading up on it and stuff. Kind of what, what'd you think? I think other people generally, I tend to forgive. I'm not a grudge holder really at all, except for perhaps like a couple relationships where I was like, yeah, that, no, bye. Like, <laughs> Don't ever talk to me again, which mm -hmm. is not very, very many at all. But self-forgiveness, yeah, I think is like a, a different thing, especially if it's like perpetuated in relationships, which and by that I mean like mm. if the same sort of issue comes up or the same sort of thing is spoken about, like, well, remember when you did that thing and it's like held oh, over your head, then sometimes I'll feel like, oh my God, I'm the worst or something. 
I grew up Christian. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I'm not even going to get into all the nitty gritty of that right this moment. But for me, definitely after I left the Christian church, I think there was a shift in the role that forgiveness played in my life and in my psyche. I feel like there was definitely a shift in it just was less of a concept presented to me slash shoved in my face day after day after day. Mm -hmm. And so I started thinking about it differently for sure. I think from a cultural level, I think it has morphed more into something like acceptance. You know, Mm -hmm. we're going to label it as acceptance or radical acceptance or even shifting into just, oh, just let it go. Just let it go. You know, like, oh yeah, your boyfriend hurt, ex-boyfriend hurt, you know, okay, yeah, now it's time to let it go. And here's, you know, the the joke for the musical theater kids is to ask, like, on a scale between Elsa and Javert, how good are you at letting it go? And Uh, I have some days where I'm on the Elsa end of the spectrum and I have some days where I'm on the Javert end of the spectrum. Listen, (laughs) Javert literally (laughs) threw himself into water. That's how much he couldn't. How much he couldn't let it go. Let it go. Decades later, right? But I think that is interesting that because forgiveness as a concept culturally, I think does have a little bit of a negative connotation now, which again, we'll unpack a little bit later that it has morphed into these maybe more palatable versions of acceptance or of letting go. Mm. Mm. That it's more focused on you not holding the grudge or the benefits to you rather than the potential benefit to the other person. Yeah, I would agree with that, that it is more an internal thing, that that's how it's, yeah, but I kind of agree with that. I kind of agree yeah. with that sentiment. And that's what I thought was so interesting about doing this episode, because I, I struggled with a lot of those same things that you two have brought up and looking at how the researchers and people who really spend a lot of time thinking about and studying forgiveness, how they talk about it is very different from what I thought and kind of what I got culturally growing up Christian and also just the way that people use that term. Uh, so that that was definitely an interesting thing in in putting this episode together. Alrighty. Well, let's start with a definition, as we do often on this podcast. Carol Anderson on Reach Out Recovery said, psychologists generally define forgiveness as a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. Forgiveness does not mean forgetting, nor does it mean condoning or excusing offenses. Again, there it is. It's very internal. It's an internal thing. And and I think I would argue that like to forgive someone, they don't necessarily need to know that you've forgiven them. Hmm. I don't know. Sometimes, especially yeah. when it's so internal, it's more of like a release of that thing getting in the way of your life potentially. Yeah, so so in looking at these different articles and different studies and how they defined forgiveness, and there were a bunch of different ones that that we looked at for this, and there were a few common properties that came up. So one is that thing that was in that definition Emily read, which is that it involves letting go of anger and resentment, kind of similar to what Dedeker was talking about, about like a way of sort of letting something go. That that's an aspect that was common in pretty much all the definitions I found. The next one is that it involves some amount of generating empathy toward the other person or, or the group that hurt you. And then third is that it does not mean reconciliation mm. or going back to the same as things were before. 
And that was something that got emphasized over and over and over again that to me was like, aha, this is the part that's different from how I thought about forgiveness. And I think we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more later as well. And then some areas where the definitions varied a bit was on things like how much focus is on generating positive thoughts about the other person versus just letting go of kind of the cycle of, of negative, resentful, angry thoughts. Uh, next was how much focus is on kind of trying to empathize with the person who hurt you, kind of trying to imagine like, oh, well, maybe they might have done it because of this, or they might have thought it was because of this thing, that, that some kind of emphasize that more and others that wasn't really part of it very much. And then that third part, like Emily brought up, is whether or not you actually need to tell anyone, you know, whether mm. you need to tell the person or, or anyone at all that this is something you're doing. So those are kind of the, the areas where they varied a little, but the traits they had in common was letting go of anger and resentment, having some amount of empathy toward that other person, or at least thinking of them as a human being, essentially, who has intrinsic value as a human being. But it doesn't mean excusing what they did or going back to the way things were, or it doesn't mean not having justice. Huh. And that was an interesting part, too. That was very different from my conception of forgiveness. Yeah, the more you're talking about it and looking at all these varied definitions, I'm getting this sense that culturally, we very, very tightly associate forgiveness with I guess a lack of justice with reconciliation, with things mm -hmm. going back to the way they were before, with forgetting, you know, we have that aphorism, forgive and forget, you know, so it's like they're like chained together. And then the, mm -hmm. but the reality is they can kind of be teased apart. Like you're saying that you can get justice and have a sense of justice being served and also forgive. You mm -hmm. maybe don't reconcile with the person and you can also forgive at the same time that these, these are not necessarily mutually exclusive things, which I will be honest, is a little challenging, probably just because I'm the product of my culture. And so these concepts are yeah. so tightly wound up also in my own mind. But it is really interesting to think about it, having a little bit more space from each other. Yeah. Well, there's an additional interesting distinction made in an article by Dr. Tyler Vanderweel, and it divides forgiveness up into two subcategories. So the first is decisional forgiveness, which is deciding to forego revenge and treat the other person as a human being. Wow, that use of revenge is really interesting. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. And then emotional forgiveness, which is letting go of negative emotions and replacing them with more positive, other-centered emotions. So this distinction doesn't show up much in other literature. Even, even this article mentioned that they're usually connected to each other, but it's kind of an interesting way to look at what we mean when we say forgiveness. Because, yeah, that revenge aspect, that to me like comes in more in our like movies and media and TV. Mm. And I, most, most recently, I'm thinking of the ending of of specific video game that I feel like I shouldn't say the end of it because you too no, haven't don't. played it actually. But oh. all I'll say oh, no. is I won't I won't say anything except for like the ending kind of grasps with this this element of revenge and, and like struggles with whether or not 
yeah, revenge w- is whether or not to enact revenge. Mm, I see, and the yeah. whole like thing is about that, and then struggling with that, you know, near the end of of the game, and it's really profound. And I think that that's because, yeah, it, it, when you have another human being in front of you, it's like, well, shit, I they are a human, and and maybe I should see mm. them as such, and not just like my view of what occurred, even if it is really bad. So why do we even bother with forgiveness? Is there any compelling reason why we should bother with forgiveness? And today, there has been about a bazillion kajillion studies that have shown health benefits to forgiveness. So, the you know, the, all the usual good stuff, like decreased anxiety, less depression, fewer physical health symptoms like high blood pressure and heart disease, lower mortality rates, higher self-esteem, all that stuff where they're like, oh, yeah, you should drink water and, and get enough sleep. And like, these are things I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Stay out of the sun. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the reason for that is because it comes down to stress. So again, there's nothing inherently wrong with stress. And there's also nothing inherently wrong with anger. So we have to give a callback to our episode 323, where we discussed about how healthy anger is actually very important. However, we do also know from a scientific standpoint that chronic stress does have a lot of these negative health effects and also constantly being angry exerts a lot of physical and mental Mm. stress. And again, like anger, having some stress in your life is actually a good thing. It's been linked to greater life satisfaction and overall quality of life. But with both, if they become persistent and deeply rooted, they have a negative effect. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And the emotional health benefits of forgiving are particularly well studied. A meta-analysis of 54 different forgiveness studies published in the Journal of Consulting and Clinical Psychology in 2014 reliably demonstrated professionally-led forgiveness interventions to have significant positive effects on improving anxiety and depression, as well as increasing hope. That's really interesting. Like, how does one even determine increasing hope? I guess it's just like a they're stated, like, I'm hopeful now for the future, maybe because I let go of this thing, whatever it was. So while yeah, I mean, these, it's, yeah. you know, it's all, all existing mechanisms for testing these different traits, right? So it's sure. one of those things where it's like, you know, a scale of one to five, one I strongly five, yeah. or, or don't agree with this statement. Mm-hmm. And there's like a bunch of different ones that then from those, they pull out the numbers and can correlate those to different feelings like depression and anxiety and hope and optimism and, you know, all those sorts of things. I like that. Yeah. So while these studies primarily focused on forgiveness interventions led by a professional therapist, the analysis also shows evidence that even worksheets and self-led exercises can have positive effects too. I think people who are going to want to do things online or do things themselves rather than like go to a place and I don't know, maybe go to therapy or go to a workshop or whatever, they'll, they'll be doing it like at home online now. That's sort of like the way in which we're headed. So that's nice <laughs> right. that, that, yeah, these, these self things, things done by the self can still lead to positive, positive feedback yeah. for, for the person. Yeah. And that's one of those things where a lot of these studies are, are based on, you know, they're studies for therapists and psychologists and stuff. So it's kind of based around interventions that they would do with their clients. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what most of the research is about. However, there were some that did involve more like self-led exercises and and did find, you know, promising results that seems to indicate you can also get benefit from that, which 
I think we all on this podcast are like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like that's what yeah. we're into. But it's just nice to see that there is also some some research that's backing that up as well. Absolutely. And yeah, I think when we ask ourselves why should we even bother with forgiveness, it's kind of a larger, broader question about what is forgiveness as a whole? Like, is it is it a thing that's positive? Is it a thing that maybe makes you weak? No, like it is a positive thing. I think, yeah, it's sometimes it's perceived as well. You're just like giving up or you're letting the other person win or whatever. But no, it mm. it is in essence sort of a form of love for yourself to let something go. And I think a, a form of love and compassion for others and empathy, even again, as we said, if if somebody did a really great wrongdoing to you. Right. So that that gets into the topic of why is it so dang hard? You know, <laughs> why is it hard? Why do we have this resistance to it? Why have I felt so uncomfortable with the concept of it? And there's, there's a few main reasons that came up in the stuff that we looked at. One is that we're taught that justice or revenge are the thing you should want. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's interesting that you mentioned, Emily, that kind of the word revenge jumped out to you previously when we were talking about that. It just feels um, very violent. Right. It, it, if that makes sense, like, like if I think yeah. of like Kill Bill or something, like, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, which I, I enjoy that movie for a lot of reasons, but it definitely is, it's a, and extremely violent and, and, you know, the good, bad and the ugly or any of those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, right. And that's, and that's exactly it is that we, glorify revenge mm-hmm. as a form of justice, right? When we think about the vigilantes, which is like all of our superhero movies kind of fall into sure. that fantasy, right? Or, you know, there's all, all sorts of different versions of it. But so I think it is interesting that in the definitions that we found in the studies, there's this differentiation between letting go of revenge, but not having to let go of justice. Mm-hmm. And that is this interesting distinction that I think most of us are not taught to think about. I know I certainly have not been really taught to think of that. It's like, no, someone wronged me. I want them to pay for it, whether that's me enacting revenge on them or some sort of justice, right? Someone else, like if someone else does it, it's justice. And if I do it, then it's revenge. Mm. Well, I mean, it it has to, I think it really cuts to the roots of what we are socialized to think of as justice. Like we talked about on, you know, in past episodes where we've talked about, you know, transformational justice and restorative justice and things like that, that, Again, we grew up in a culture where justice equals payment. Hurting someone. It equals, equals hurting, hurting someone. Yeah. Equals yeah. somebody else being punished. You know, mm-hmm. and when we think of justice more as how do I make this complete again? How do I help make this heal again? It's a little bit different. And it doesn't mean that there's no consequences, but I think it does shift that emphasis a little bit better, or a little bit in a different direction. And so this idea that, yeah, you can have justice served in a particular way and also forgive at the same time is really interesting. It makes me think of the Van Jones video that we all watched. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. The the, the whole project. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Essentially Uh, like going to what meeting people who've committed like horrible crimes against like family members or whatever that those crimes were done mm -hmm. to and, and forgiving them. Right. Essentially. 
Yeah. Right. It's it's yeah, allowing that conversation to happen as opposed mm-hmm. to what the justice system does, which is kind of anonymize everyone. And that there's yeah. no that the perpetrator never has to even confront face to face with what they did. And then that similarly the the person who was hurt by it never gets even an attempt at closure because mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, justice, that is the closure you should need. That's all you should yeah. need. And as many people who've who've been hurt, that's not the closure. That that's sure. not it. But that's also to say that forgiveness doesn't mean you don't also have that justice too. So that's I do think that that distinction is going to come up again and again in this because that for me was the big shift in how I'd been thinking about it. Mm. So so next, like why is it hard? Is another one is that we think forgiveness is weakness. You know, yeah. Emily mentioned that earlier, right? Or that our I think sometimes people will encourage us not to forgive because they're angry on our behalf. Mm. Oh and yeah, so that they're going to want to keep so many times. Yeah. Really, yep. especially yep. with my mother. Yeah. <laughs> my mom, like, it will go full on mama bear on right, anyone right. who has hurt me to the extent mm-hmm. of you know whether that's like a ex who treated me crappy or there was just like a friend who slighted me. You know, she's just like there yep. and angry and. Mm. It's like good. And I think people can experience that from family members, from friends, from partners. It's it's good. It's a good feeling. But if you are ready to forgive and let go, it can also hamper that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you may have family members or friends or your church or something like that who really pressures you to forgive when you're not ready to. Also, so that can also, uh, <laughs> right? Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's true. Yes, <laughs> I, re- I recall that. But oh my yeah. goodness, yes, yeah. My mom, my mom made me listen and, to this like audio book about radical forgiveness oh when I was God. about three weeks out from a bad breakup, and I did it. I did the thing. I listened to it. I tried to go through the whole process, but it was like way too early. Yeah, to be no. to yeah. be trying to do any kind of radical forgiveness. Yeah. Maybe that makes yeah. it not very radical forgiveness, but. I'm fine you to know have what? very I, ho-hum forgiveness in that case. <laughs> I'm going to give you a pass on that one for sure. <laughs> she needed to calm down. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought this one quote here was fun about forgiveness being weakness. This is from Everett Worthington, Dr. Worthington, who's been studying forgiveness for 10 years or so. When, when asked about people thinking that forgiveness means you're weak... His response to that was, well, that person must not have tried it. <laughs> I think that's a pretty great way to sum that one up there. Interesting. Yeah, because yeah. that's it's it requires a huge amount of courage, I think, to forgive. Yeah, and, and introspection and practice, too. You know, it's not just like, oh, yeah, listen to this audiobook, and then you can do it at any point, at any time, no matter where you are in your healing process. So, all right, even though we're kind of getting into, like, you should forgive people, like, it's a good thing, it's nice, like, you still are not required to forgive. And as we've discussed, forgiveness can have, you know, a ton of benefits, uh, great things for your health, etc. But being pressured into forgiving or forgiving before you're ready, it can do more harm than good. So if you're finding that you aren't able to forgive someone, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that you're failing somehow. You might just not be there yet in your healing process or you might never get there and that's okay. There might be other ways that you can find to move on and to find peace in your life or it could just mean redefining forgiveness uh, or you know, finding something else to do entirely regarding that person or just, you know, I've found that 
there were people in my life that did things that were harmful to me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, they're not going to be in my life anymore. And I, if forgiveness doesn't really even enter the equation, it's just like, I'm going to save myself the pain of remembering that time that, you know, they were in my life by just like having them not be a part of my life or interacting with them in any way anymore. Yeah. So I have a quote here from a Psychology Today article written by David Bedrick. The name of the article is Six Reasons Not to Forgive, Not Yet. Mm. And the author discusses this range of clients that they've worked with and how it's so important to let people come to forgiveness when they're ready. And that attempting to forgive too early can lead to just suppressing the anger and suppressing the hurt without actually processing it. And so to quote from the article, quote, Forgiveness comes from within. It's not something that can be forced. Either you can do it or you can't. If you cannot, then don't think that you're a bad person or that you failed in some way. In some cases, forgiveness is just not possible. You may learn not to despise the perpetrator, but saying you forgive can be hollow if that's not what you truly feel. And there's that's pulling out e- even another different color from this. Maybe you don't forgive, but you also don't hate the person that hurt you at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's also a separate aspect of this. We do love finding neutrality on this show. We love that. <laughs> we love yeah. neutrality. We but love that's nuances. Good. We love Nutella. We love all yeah, those things. Absolutely. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, this is it. That's bringing up a specific thing for me. Like, I had a teacher in college who really humiliated me when I was in college, like to mm-hmm. my small group of people, of, of classmates. There were only like 14 of us in our class. And, and yeah, in like a physical and mental way, like often. And mm-hmm. I really despised her for a long, long time. And she's the person who I just like don't think of anymore. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still friends with her on Facebook. Sometimes things come up, but I never ever interact. And a lot of people love her and really, you know, deeply care about her as a teacher. And I'm just not one of them. And you know what? That's okay. I I have moved past it, but I don't know if I'm on I've the forgi- scale between Elsa that and Javert, Where um, do you think you are? I'm more on the I have I think I've let it go as much as I can. I'm not I'm not like I'm only like 10 years removed from the situation, <laughs> which is not, which is a long time, but it's still, it's still, I can feel it. So mm. I'm not there yet. I'm not total forgiveness there yet. Not if total you're listening, Elsa, still if you're listening to this, Yeah. If you're listening to this, then you, you maybe know who you are, but that's fine. Gosh. I don't need to fucking forgive you. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't need to. Right. Yeah. And maybe you'll never get there. Maybe you will and it'll be great for you. But, but like that's your choice yeah. to make. Right. Exactly. It's not something that you owe to her or to us mm-hmm. or to anyone else. Right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go on to talking about uh, a little bit more about forgiveness and then getting into self forgiveness as well as some ways to actually go about this. But before we get to that, we're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsors for this show. Please take a moment. Check them out. If you're interested in it, go visit the links and stuff because that really does go a long way to help support this show and help us keep all this content coming to everyone out there every week for free. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also 
have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. And we're back. So something that really struck me, and I mentioned this before, is how many different articles and studies really spent the time to clarify that forgiveness does not mean reconciliation or going back to the way things were. So here's a few quotes. This one's from Psychology Today. Forgiveness is the release of resentment or anger. Forgiveness doesn't mean reconciliation. One doesn't have to return to the same relationship or accept the same harmful behaviors from an offender. This one's from the Phoenix Counseling Collective. The problematic narrative that gets told about forgiveness is that forgiving someone means that you have to allow the relationship to be what it was before they hurt you and that you have to forget and go back to normal. However, this is problematic because it can create dangerous situations for yourself and for others. Huh. Also a quote by Dr. Worthington. Whether I forgive or don't forgive isn't going to affect whether justice is done. Forgiveness happens inside my skin. Mm. It's crawling in my skin. Okay. (laughs) And then National Institutes of Health says, care must, of course, be taken. However, not to confuse forgiveness with a restored relationship. This could be particularly problematic in contexts in which this would facilitate the dynamics of prolonged intimate partner violence. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Wow. Pretty resounding sentiment there, right? That, mm-hmm. that it's not that. And this is the part that, that was so new for me, and I think it's because of that Christian upbringing, right? Mm. That the messaging that you're given about forgiveness is like, forgiveness is a thing God does and you should do it too because it's just good. And the forgiveness that I was at least taught that God does is that forgive and forget. It's like, okay, you're, you're completely pardoned. Everything you did that's bad is now washed away. This must not be in the part of the Bible that we've read. No. <laughs> no, not quite yet. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's very, we'll, it's very we'll Christian. There. Like, it's very, that's very Christ-focused. Got sort it, of got it. Narrative about forgiveness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Interesting. But, but right, that though, that idea that it means you're you're back to a good relationship with God because He's mm. forgiven you, and that means completely forgotten and accepts you back. And so okay. it's like, okay, that's what God does, that's good, that's what you should do. And here are all these articles and all these studies saying, no, actually, that's that's not that's not what this is. That's actually a bad thing. So did that 
screw you up as kids, you two? <laughs> what a question. Or, uh, or did it just, sorry, let me try to rephrase that. Did that... That's such a good question. No, I I love that. Did that alter the way in which you see forgiveness and create maybe narratives in your mind about it that you ultimately couldn't really do? That's a much more normal human person. (laughs) Did it fuck you up? I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay. I think actually, ironically being raised with the Christian narrative around forgiveness made me more resistant to forgiving people. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think total, total backfire because the Christian emphasis is so much on this very unconditional forgiveness that happens mm-hmm. very quickly also. Like you get hurt. Forgive, forget. You forgive, you forget. Mm-hmm. They're your brother in Christ again or your sister in Christ again or whatever you uh-huh. want to call it and everything is as it was before. And hence, I think that led me to not wanting to forgive because I wasn't ready to go th- that far. The distance. You know, two days after somebody hurt me. Yeah. For instance, or even a year maybe even after somebody hurt me. I'm not ready to go to that extreme level necessarily. How about you, Jace? How screwed up are you, Jace? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Incredibly. <laughs> no, I, I think that, gosh, I, I think for me at first, it was more of this like, yeah, totally. That makes sense. You know, turn the other cheek. That's what I'm going to do. That's that's great. And then it was more that later I became just very disillusioned with that after seeing how shitty and harmful that can be and how it can be a way of not like of, of people avoiding facing any consequences for things that they've done and of facilitating people who hurt people over and over again with you know even if you're going to have compassion for that person just forgetting what they did is not helping them either right you're you're actually hurting everyone in this situation by applying this idea of like oh totally forgive and forget i think also now on the other hand i've been disillusioned with the idea that like someone's done a bad thing they need to be excommunicated from their community completely and mm, cut off from all support sure. and they're a terrible person and they're awful and we talk about that a lot on this show too and i think it's like on either extreme you're not helping yourself. You're not helping that person. You're you're just kind of making a net loss here. Mm. So the middle so, path is the way. The middle path, yeah, yeah. Maybe. But I think that Christian upbringing is what we what made me so resistant to this concept before doing this episode. I don't want to get too deep into this story, but in my church growing up, this happened a few years, or this came to light a few years after I'd already left the church. But a friend of mine basically was groomed by the youth pastor was was groomed and essentially abused like that's all I'm not going to go into the details of what happened because I think that's that's probably too upsetting and not necessary to go into right now but that's like the long story short version of it and really had to grapple a lot with this whole forgiveness thing Mm. a lot because of the fact that like when it happened and when it came to light she was still very much steeped in Christian culture in the church and was still a minor also at the same God, time. And Jesus. then, you know, and then finally came of age and started going to therapy and started doing a lot of her own work to actually have to process this and deal with this. And mm-hmm. essentially, long story short, in her writing, she's also happens to be a really fantastic writer and has written publicly about a lot of this stuff, kind of came to these same conclusions, basically, that like, I don't have to reconnect to this person and I don't need to give this person a free pass in my mind. And I also don't need to forget what happened because it was so formative. Mm-hmm. But 
what I can do is something for myself here in the way that I that I move forward. So yeah, I, I think that clearly that's an example of I I, th- I think it could have been a lot worse essentially and and like I know my friend just like really really had that really shoved in her face essentially of having to deal with this kind of like this whole forgiveness thing. And I think it's something that probably a lot of people have experienced in the Christian church of a little bit of that forgiveness that's not actually really helpful to anybody involved that's just kind of there because it's dogmatic. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting because when you talk about forgiveness, people tend to think about it as something you do for someone else. But as we've been talking about with the benefits and that it's it's not even for them. It's something that you're doing for yourself to to stop having as much pain for yourself, not hmm. to let them off the hook, not to to give them something, right? That forgiveness of someone else is a gift you can give yourself. And then for the last part of the episode, we're going to talk about self-forgiveness, which is something that seems like you're just doing it for yourself, but actually you may be doing it for other people's benefit. Oh, it's huh. all swippy swapped, huh? Wow. Yeah. Quite. So we actually stumbled upon this study when doing research for the relationship maintenance episode a few episodes mm. ago. So I'm going to be pulling from this 2013 study that was published in the Journal of Family Psychology titled Self-Forgiveness in Romantic Relationships, colon, It Matters to Both of Us. <laughs> so they, they reference um, a 1997 study that found that, quote, victims tend to overlook details that facilitate forgiving and embellish their memories with details that make forgiving more difficult, whereas transgressors tend to embellish details such as extenuating circumstances that facilitate forgiving. Fascinating. 100% this is like our human cognitive biases, right? It's like we (laughs) really, really zero in on the ways that other people have hurt us and we really downplay the way that we have hurt other people. That's Mm. just the way that our brains work. But it also says that self-forgiveness is the psychological process whereby an offender acknowledging responsibility for the transgression committed decreases self-resentment and is more benevolent toward the self. I don't know if this is easier or harder than forgiving other people. I think it kind of depends. I know our, our I know our brains are are more trained to give ourselves a break and to give ourselves a pat on the back, but there are some things where I feel like it's just oh for a sure. lot more sticky. A yeah. lot more sticky to to have any kind of sense of self forgiveness or letting go of any sense of like self shaming. Yeah. Yeah. So something I thought was interesting here is that that accepting responsibility part that you mentioned there of self-forgiveness has been hypothesized to be sort of the key element that distinguishes genuine self-forgiveness from what they call pseudo-self-forgiveness. And this is interesting that that in the study they did phrase what you read earlier, Dedeker, about that the you know the victim tends to overlook details facilitating forgiveness and embellish their memories with more like resentment type things. And that the transgressors tend to embellish details such as extenuating circumstances. And that they said that that facilitates forgiving. But they also talk about how self-forgiveness is difficult, and we've experienced it being difficult. And I actually think something here that maybe they didn't look at that could be interesting is this idea that by focusing on your own extenuating circumstances of why you might have done the thing, you may actually be preventing yourself from this key step of accepting responsibility Hmm. for doing something wrong that is the key part of self-forgiveness. It's like, I'm only okay if I can come up with an excuse why I did this thing. 
And then you're constantly wrestling with it. I know this has been my experience in times when I've, you know, learned that I've hurt someone or that I've done something bad. It's like, you know, you kind of justify it. It's like, oh, well, you know, there's miscommunication or well, I wasn't, I didn't realize, you know, you kind of make a lot of excuses for yourself, but you kind of get stuck in that of feeling mm-hmm. bad and trying to excuse yourself, but then you kind of know your excuses maybe aren't that good. And you're you know, almost like you're trying to, gaslight yourself into thinking that you're an okay person because this key step of being able you're to an accept, okay person just to accept you did something bad and forgive yourself i think that's mm. the part that i'm like yeah, that's, that's i've been working on that for many years <laughs> and yeah so so that anyway going on in this the numerous studies that they looked at show that forgiveness by the victim of a partner transgression is related to improved intimacy, improved commitment, improved relationship satisfaction, and less ongoing conflict. And just to clarify, in these studies, they did cover a big range of transgressions, right? From mm. from kind of more minor things to more serious things. But I don't think that any of the examples in these studies are like like intimate partner abuse type situations. Just if that helps kind of clarify, these are more like probably infidelity came up or, you know, breaking agreements or things like that. Just just to kind of be aware of the context for I this. guess leaving the toilet seat up, which I didn't realize was a thing that's been bugging Jace this entire time, <sighs> to flip all the gender norms on their head. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get where Jace is coming from. The seat for me and the lid for Jace, which now, right. because you said that, Jace, oh, really? I clothes much more often yeah me too actually now that you oh, finally said yes. something i guess yeah. you did say something once and then i completely disregarded it so that's on me i'm gonna take some responsibility there you go I didn't okay. listen properly and the apparently first time that, that you made that request yeah apparently that happened during our relationship i don't fucking know <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway so they found that the person who you know was hurt forgiving the other person has these positive benefits for for both people in the relationship. And similarly, in other studies, they found that a tendency to be able to forgive the self is also positively associated with relationship satisfaction and that self-forgiveness serves as a mediator in that relationship between self-blame and like depressive affect Mm. that you can go through when you're kind of suffering in that like guilt spiral particularly after a relationship's ended if you're kind of wrestling with a lot of like guilt and shame for yourself about that that self-forgiveness goes a long way toward mediating some of those feelings of depression and self-blame that come up and that self-forgiveness just like interpersonal forgiveness has an increase both in positive beliefs and feelings toward the self as well as a reduction of negative ones which i think goes against what a lot of people would associate with accepting accepting blame, accepting that you've done something wrong, but that's the the sort of key point here is that forgiveness, which involves that, reduces negative thoughts about the self and increases positive thoughts. They also say a person is likely to improve both partner and own relationship satisfaction when he or she stops criticizing himself slash herself and feeling remorseful for offenses perpetrated against the partner but not when he or she is more benevolent or compassionate toward the self and believes he or she has grown due to the offense committed. Interesting. 
Yeah, like that the self-forgiveness is the more important part than just sure. I think I've grown from this, which was, yeah. that was also like a, huh, interesting, wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, though. Because, yeah, that is like a very in, intense internal change that I think happens, even if you're like, well, I've learned something, but you may not ultimately forgive yourself for that thing and still sort of be in the same spot that you were, even if you think that you've grown. So I don't know. Mm. That's an interesting differentiation. I also, self-forgiveness is positively related to relationship satisfaction, even after controlling for the offender's guilt feelings and perception of transgression severity. Alrighty. That's good. That, yeah, higher related satisfaction in the relationship. And then finally, given the interdependent nature of close relationships, self-forgiveness of offenses perpetrated in them is likely to be a means of caring for both the self and the other, or even better, a means of taking care of the the other while taking care of the self. So caring for each of you and taking care of each of you. That's cool. Right, that by by like by offering the self forgiveness to yourself, you're taking better care of your partner too. Mm, yeah, both in terms of you actually then like showing that you're more likely to do better in the future and and do better in the relationship, but also that their own satisfaction of your relationship will improve too. Yeah, and this I think that just, makes sense. I'm just like, okay, here's my homework. Got yeah. to figure oh, this boy. out. Yeah, it's easier said than done. So much of mm-hmm. this. It is. And this is this is something that, you know, a lot of the articles I found did really recommend if you're really struggling with stuff like this, you know, seeking help, you know, seeking mm. someone who can actually lead you through an intervention. The ones I read about really run the gamut from ones that's like a one session kind of more like, you know, behavioral therapy type session to others that's like a, you know, seven month long 54 session, you know, program that takes you through this whole long process. And I I imagine it really depends on what the situation is, where you're at, how hard this is, how much like strife and stress it's causing for you. And there's a lot Mm -hmm. of factors there, but, but it is something if, if listening to this episode, you're like, oof, oof, maybe, maybe this is a time to, to seek some help with that, seek some help going through that, or at the very least looking up maybe some worksheets and resources online. And so in closing, I did want to just sort of point out that we've brought up a lot of different examples and talked about things from our own lives and people's lives that we know, and that the the benefits of forgiveness and these things do apply in everything from big to small situations. So to go back to Everett Worthington, who's the one of the researchers we've quoted a few times in this episode, he'd been researching forgiveness for almost 10 years when his mother was murdered by a burglar who broke into her house. And the police were pretty confident that they identified the burglar, but didn't have enough to prosecute, and there was no justice that was gotten. But based on his years of practice in researching forgiveness and learning about it, according to him, he was able to forgive the young man surprisingly quickly. And that, that he even, those were his words. It was like surprisingly quickly he was able mm. to, to do this. Mm. But at the same time, you might hear that and go, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but don't, don't be discouraged because he did say it's not 
natural. He's just not naturally a forgiving person. It took a lot of practice because he also told a story about how he had a professor in grad school that gave him a B. And it took him 10 years to forgive that guy. Oh, See, there, no. you go. there you go. I can relate, Freaking professor. I can relate. Right? Freaking professor. As a straight-A student, that's a real slight. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> How dare <Yeah>. they? Yeah. <laughs> Dedeker Winston. <laughs> so I guess the lesson there is, you know, there's there's things to learn here, but, but again, don't take it to mean that if you haven't forgiven or can't or don't ever, that doesn't mean you're you're failing and it's like, oh, well, this thing's small and I couldn't forgive and this thing's big and I could. It's like, that's that's okay, right? The point of this is to help you, to help your processing. And as far as self-forgiveness, hopefully also helping your relationships. So we're going to go record a bonus episode for our patrons for this one. And in this, we looked at a lot of different forgiveness interventions. And I found one worksheet that I really like that's a short little five-page one. So we're going to take a look at that and talk about that in our bonus for patrons. And for everyone out there, we would love to hear from you. On our Instagram story, we have a question, which is, what is something you would like to forgive yourself for? And that's like, it's a bigger question that we ask sometimes. Yeah, but yeah. Who, who am I? <laughs> but if you yeah. want to join in that discussion, check that out on our Instagram story. And the best place to share your thoughts if you want to talk about this episode more is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook group or Discord chat. You can get access to these groups and join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. In addition, you can share publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Multiamory is created and produced by Dedeker Winston, Emily Matlack, and me, Jace Lindgren. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balvanera. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our production assistants are Rachel Schenewerk and Carson Collins. Our researcher for this episode was M. Mays. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript of this episode will be available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.